Coming up today on the big show, we start to get you ready for the muskie opener. Isaiah Hahn from You Bet Fishing Guide Service, a muskie specialist, is coming up. We're also going to hear from Logan Jensen, a Bemidji High School graduate who's been recruited to do some college fishing out in New York. But first, Nate Blazing of S&W Guide Service in the Brainerd Lakes area makes his Fish and Paul Bunyan Country debut. I tell you to stick around, but I'm sure you're going to. I won't ever understand my shorties be mad When all I want to do is stick my toes in the sand There's nothing wrong with champagne, dancing and such But the nightlife in the city don't impress me much F-I-S-H-I-I-N, fishing Fishing I don't feel right in the club, I'd rather be out Sitting in my 14-footer catching some trout The fishes all tremble at the thought of me When I'm F-I-S-H-I-I-N, Paul Bunyan Country Welcome to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. We got another debut on Fish and Paul Bunyan Country today. We always love to have new people on the show, and we've got uh, a good one here from the Brainerd Lakes area. At least Toby Kavalibog tells me he's a good one. We'll find out. Nate Blazing of S&W Guide Service, welcome to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Thanks very much for having me, Kevin. Pleasure. So, Nate, um, you're a Brainerd Lakes area guide, uh, and you were telling me before we went on the air, you've been doing that for a long time now. Yeah, about 20 years now. I've uh, been fishing for as long as I can remember. My dad's also a guide, so... He ended up getting so busy that I didn't have a boat to fish in anymore. Bought a boat and started guiding, and the rest is history. <laughs> All right. Um, it is something that gets in your blood, though, isn't it? It absolutely is. you got to have the passion to fish and then also to teach people. And uh, getting to meet people is probably one of the neatest things about the guiding because you have a wide range of clients that you, you meet on a yearly basis. You know, there are uh, people who can do it on a, on a full-time basis, and that's, a, that's pretty miraculous, I think, uh, to be able to do that. But it tells you that, that obviously you're getting results for people and they're enjoying their time in the boats with you. Absolutely. That's, you, you know, you've got to figure out every person's a little different. Um, most of the time what we hear right away is, I want to fish for walleyes. Well, if walleyes don't always cooperate, you've got to be able to think on the fly and switch things up and get the rod to bend one way or the other and have a good time with people. So, so much of it is reading your clients and what they're looking for, for them to have a good time. You know, and, and of course, a lot of guides that I talk to are are actually teachers, and then they guide in the summertime, and you mentioned the importance of being able to teach, and I think that's kind of a natural. Um, the, if you're a teacher, you tend to be patient, and you, and you tend to be able to teach people things. Absolutely. That's the huge key of it. You know, we've got clients that we fish for many, many years, and you can tell each time you go out, and they learn a little more, a little more, and get a little better at it, at the techniques. Um, School teachers are great fishing guides. I've got two young daughters, uh, 9 and 11, so that's, I look at that as training for my clients, is, you know, if you can put up with a couple kids in the boat going through, you know, eating and lines all over the place, you're usually good to go for clients, so. Well, listen, we're going to get into the Brainerd Lake scene here, but uh, I do know you, you had mentioned to me that you were up at Capitogama um, over the weekend. Uh, how was the fishing up there? I was a little surprised. Uh, the resort we stayed at said it's been a fairly tough bite since opener, and we go up every Memorial Day weekend as a family vacation. Usually it's a, a shallow bite, jig and shiner kind of a thing, so I started off doing that, and there was nothing doing, and the rest of the resort guests were saying the same thing. And then Sunday... 
Luckily, I brought some red-tailed chubs with, and we found some fish out deeper in that 18 to 23, 24-foot range and put those down, and it was game on at that point. But uh, definitely a lot more deeper fish than I had anticipated, and that kind of transitions to the same thing we're seeing around the Brainerd area. We're right in that transition period. There still are some fish deep, but stuff is starting to change, and stuff is sliding a little deeper into the cabbage and off the, the edge where you can actually mark them right now. So um, tell me a little bit about the Brainerd Lakes area. Uh, obviously, it's a great fishing area. There's a ton of water there. Um, but what what do most people in that area seem to be into? Uh, a lot of it is walleye fishing. We do Gull Lake, Whitefish Chain, North Long Lake, Pelican, Mille Lacs. Um, but at the same time, especially once it gets midsummer, sometimes that walleye bite can get a little finicky. You don't have the right conditions because we've got zebra mussels in most of the lakes up here, so it's pretty gin-clear water. So high sun and the wind is not necessarily usually a good thing for walleye. So if that's the case, we'll transition to bass or pike a lot of times. And the lakes around here, there's some phenomenal largemouth primarily, but there are some lakes with smallmouth as well. And some of our smallmouth trips will run over to Mille Lacs, and that's a, a blast over there as well. You know, you mentioned uh, the zebra mussels, and certainly they're getting further and further north. Uh, more and more of the lakes up in the Bemidji area where I live are are starting to have those zebra mussels. And um, what we're seeing, and I'm assuming you're seeing the same thing, it really hasn't, at least to this point, affected fish populations, but it sure has affected where they are and has affected the way anglers have to approach them. Absolutely. Uh, when they got real noticeable here in the Brainerd area 10 years ago or so, um, we thought the fish populations were gone, and that wasn't the case, but you hit on it. You have, we've had to relearn these lakes because the fish are absolutely in different areas, which truthfully is kind of counterintuitive. You would think clearer water, deeper fish, but what we're seeing is a lot more shallower fish. So it's a trial and error. You spend the time on the water, and you're going to figure it out. And once you figure out the puzzle pieces from how zebra mussels are affecting the lakes, the fishing's been pretty darn good. So. How has this spring's bite been for walleye? This spring has been overall, I'd say, pretty good, but it's been kind of a roller coaster. And a lot of that I put on the, you know, Mother Nature, the way the weather's been just up and down. Uh, I know at my house, one day I've got the heat on, the next day I've got the air conditioning on. <laughs> so, you know, and I'm hearing that from my guide buddies all across the state, that it's really kind of up and down. Uh, key, I would say, for these clear lakes is your low light periods, your morning and your evening. Or if you can get some wind, you can get a day bite going. Um, most of our walleye fishing earlier this year was pitching a jig and shiner in you know, anywhere from 4 to 10 feet of water. It was just loaded with big fish. Those are now, you can still see some of them, but they're definitely transitioning out. So now we're kind of targeting that 8 to 17 feet of water. Um, so I'm on the water right now, high sun, no wind. You can see the fish, trying to get them to bite. It's a whole different story at this point. So. Yeah. So how's... Um how or rather what lakes have been the hottest lakes so far this year uh, i've spent most of my walleye time on gull um north long has been pretty good pelican has been actually very good um we were on a little lake in the area um for league the other day edwards and that was actually fairly decent so that's the beauty of brainerd you got so many lakes to choose from uh personally i like to try and get away from as many people as i can and so I try and figure out what lake has the least amount of people fishing that day, and that's usually where I go. So <laughs> that is uh, that is a tough order in the Brainerd Lakes area to find a lake <laughs> where there's nobody. <laughs> Kev, it's getting harder and harder. Let me tell you, by the day, especially you know, last year, not only do we have the fishermen up here or the anglers, but 
you've got so much recreation too in midsummer it can get pretty challenging when you're out on say gull and you're midday trying to fish because there's you're riding boat wakes a lot so that's kind of the key is trying to figure out some of these smaller lakes to get away from the crowds and uh, again the multi-species on some of these small lakes is there's a lot of hidden gems so it's fun well, you, you talk about the immediate Brainerd Lakes area and all those amazing lakes that you just mentioned, you know, and then you've got Mille Lacs very close to you, and then you can just head over to the Crosby area. they got a ton of lakes, too. Absolutely, and Crosby, you know, that's u- real unique with the mine pits over there and the trout fishing. Um, you can go half an hour in any direction, and we've got lakes, and they're all a little different. So we fish over by, you know, Mille Lacs, Bay Lake, Farm Island Lake, um, that's kind of the fun of this too is getting to explore we don't fish those smaller lakes on a regular basis a couple times each year so you're exploring and learning and finding stuff out and it's just it's kind of nice just to change up the game every once in a while well by this weekend we're going to be in the 90s um what's that going to mean for fishing i actually think it might help us uh to get those water temps up and to kind of steady a little bit right now we're on gull and it's mid 60s the problem has been that water temp just kept going up and down with the cold and the warm. So now I think with this cold snap, it should really get those uh, minnows moving, the perch moving, the fish are going to get their feet bags on is what I'm hoping. So I, I think it's going to be a good thing if you can actually withstand the heat. Because uh, when they're talking, you know, 90 to 95, 98, that, that can be a cooker if you don't have any wind out there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we mentioned earlier, you know, it gets in your blood, and it's something that's been going on most of your life. So I'm assuming you grew up just fishing from the moment you can remember doing stuff. Yeah, so where I'm from, west central Minnesota, we didn't have a whole lot of lakes, but we did have a river. I guess you could call it a river uh, <laughs> near us. So we'd, we'd ride our bike. It was basically a mud hole, and I remember one of the neighbor guys taking us out, and we'd put bread on a hook, and stand in the mud and you'd snag into a carp and, and I remember almost getting pulled in the, the river so that's kind of how I learned fishing and then the few lakes that we fished over in that area they're more of a bowl type lake where you just put on spinners and covered water uh, so when we first moved to Brainerd back in the late 80s you know these lakes are so much different with structure where boat positioning is everything if you're one boat length off you could be in 15 feet and you know then you're in 30 feet and if those fish are very specific which usually they are that makes a big different so that's why boat control is really key up in the Brainerd area on these sharp uh, drop-offs. Well we talked uh, quite a bit about the uh, the walleyes what are you hearing from the bass anglers this year? The bass actually are starting to go pretty good they seem to be post-spawn um, we're finding them in that six to say 12 feet of water uh, key not only for bass but for all the species right now is if you can find some green cabbage which is coming up pretty nice there's some really nice lush green cabbage that's holding everything, but the bass have been pretty um, packed in there, and we had a couple trips this past weekend where it was pretty much every cast with really nice bass, so that's that's fun when it works out like that. Has there been anything going on uh, this uh, fishing season thus far that has surprised you? Uh, well, I was talking with the, the bait shop owner that we guide out of, and before season she was getting worried with the way the temperatures were for the spot tails that she didn't think she thought they'd be already done spawning it'd be hard to get them by opener well then spring did what it did and she was worried she'd even be able to get them because it got cold and it actually worked out pretty good where uh they ran and she had a bunch of shiners that did most places right around opener we're kind of at the tail end of that street now most of the bait shops are pretty much running down on their spot tails so I guess the the surprising thing is usually the shallow cheek bite that we have in the Brainerd area lasts till mid-June. So it does seem like that's ending uh, about a week, week and a half 
earlier than normal. But again, you can see the fish, they're just transitioning out. So I'd say that's about the, the main difference this year compared to most. That's uh, that's kind of a bummer because uh, I love the jig bite. <laughs> there, I, there is nothing. Fall is my favorite time for walleye fishing, but now this this past several years that we figured out these shallow walleyes, again, when you hook into a 25-inch fish and you're bringing it in four to six feet of water and you go to net it and it's like smallmouth, you see five other big ones with it. <laughs> and when they hit that jig, they just throttle it. And again, four feet of water, there's nowhere to go. So that fight is just phenomenal. So it's it's turning into one of my favorite bites the whole year. Are you a musky guy at all? I dabble once in a while. The uh, the thing is with the kids, there's just not enough time in the day for another addiction. So I know Toby's, <laughs> Toby's been trying to get me out now that he's got the musky bug. Uh, we've talked about it a couple different times about going out fishing, and I always want to go walleyes, and he's like, let's go musky fishing. So we're going to probably do that this year. We haven't did it yet. So What are the, what are the good musky lakes in your area? Alexander, Chaminade. Uh, again, Mille Lacs, I wouldn't say, is a numbers game right now. It's a trophy kind of fishery. Mm-hmm. Um, just talking to a buddy last night at League, and he was over on either Alex or Chaminade. I think he said he was throwing a, a bass rig with a, a leech on and end up hooking into, I think he said it was a 50-inch muskie that they landed. Oh. So kind of a nice surprise. But, uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of about it. I lived up in Duluth for a while. Um, the St. Louis River, we fished that for muskie. Some, that's quite the fishery up there for all species but we did some musky fishing up there as well Shamanon, that's uh is that over by motley yes it is yep okay. a little west of the brainerd area you know um if you, it's big body of water and i think if you're in that area you know a lot about it but if you're just one of those you know from north going down to the metro you go by Shamanon all the time you don't even know it's there absolutely uh i just kind of started fishing it the last couple of years and like you said, there's so many lakes to choose from. So you got your big main popular lakes up here, your gull, your pelican, your whitefish. Those smaller lakes like that, and it's not even that small of a lake. They just get overlooked and don't get near the pressure. So those are the kind of lakes that we're looking for as guides a lot of times just because it's the fish aren't near as pressured and, and you got multi-species and it's really fun. Well, one thing I know anglers love is is uh, off-season uh, going into the shops and, and getting the stuff for next year. Uh, anything new out there that you find real interesting? Oh, let's see. The, the, the issue with that, actually, not only tackle, boats, motors, you name it, oh, with yeah. the pandemic, it has been so hard to get. So a lot of the uh, tackle orders that we've put in, rod orders, I'm still getting them from placing those in March. So um, we've been using the stand-up Northland fireball jigs uh, quite a bit for our, our spring pitching. Um, there's also some new crankbaits, uh, the plastic you know, just keeps uh, keep evolving, evolving. And then I'd say the main change is with the electronics on the boats, with, you know, the live scope. Lawrence has got theirs now. Uh, Hummingbird's got 360, Panoptics. And that stuff, you just can't even keep on top of it, how fast that changes. And it's really neat. I've been going from buddy to buddy that has the different technology and kind of looking at it. And it's, it's pretty phenomenal what that stuff can do. All right. Well, if we go out fishing this weekend, besides bringing a ton of water and lots of sunscreen, uh, what should we be doing? If you're going for walleyes, I'd say concentrate on that 10 to 15 foot of water. Um, the main thing, again, with, with these clear lakes right now is the fish, if they see the, the boat, it's pretty much game over. you got a long line. Get that, whether you're pitching a jig, cast it out as far as you can. If you're lindy rigging, get it away from your boat. Uh, that's the key for the walleyes. Again, bass, look for some cabbage in that 6 to 12-foot range. Pike seem to be pretty active everywhere. You can get them pitching jigs up in that 
six to 12 feet of water, and we're even getting some out lindy rigging the outside edge of the weed line. So um, that's kind of the beauty of this time of the year, that shallow bite when you're hugging weed lines. You never know what you're going to catch, and it's pretty good action, so that's always a bonus. Nate Blazing of S&W Guide Service joining us on uh, Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Nate, if we want to uh, discover the Brainerd Lakes area and hire you or just uh, follow your exciting uh, exploits on the water, how do we do that? Sure. Uh, the phone number at the bait shop where we do all the bookings is 218-829-7010. Uh, Facebook, you can look me up, Nate Blazing, B-L-A-S-I-N-G. And then another nugget I'll put out there that we can discuss at a later point. I'm also the president of the Walleye Alliance Club here in town, and we're pretty active on social media, and we've been doing a lot of stuff legislatively on the statewide walleye limit and had some tournaments. So a lot of stuff going there that if you ever want to look on social media, we got a whole lot of information on that club on there as well. Nate, thanks for taking the time today. Good luck next time you're on the water. Thanks much, Kev. Have a good one. Up next, we check in with Logan Jensen, a Bemidji High School angler who has been recruited to be a college angler out of New York. And later on, we start getting ready for the muskie opener Saturday. Isaiah Hahn of You Bet Fishing Guide Service. He's a muskie maven, and he's coming up. This is Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. You're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Logan Jensen, multi-sport athlete at Bemidji High School, joins the show. He is, of course, a Nordic skier. That's a good outdoor sport. <laughs> he is part of the tennis team. Uh, and that's all right. he's on a bus right now uh, headed to the uh, section team semis. And he's also a member of the Lumberjack Angling Team. And that's what we're going to talk to Logan about in detail in just a little bit. But first, Logan, uh, headed to the semifinals today. Who do we have in the semis? Um, we are going up against, oh, I can't remember their name right now. Uh, is it Becker? It is Becker, number one seed in the South. Okay. So it'll, be, it'll be a tight one. But I, I'm guessing you don't know a lot about Becker. No, we have yet to play them this year, and so it'll be good. We have yet to see them. Okay, so you, you, you're you on the the fishing team, you're on the tennis team, you're on the Nordic ski team. Am I missing any teams? Um, cross country and trap. So. <laughs> oh, trap and cross country, too. My goodness, you are a busy guy. Got to stay busy. I get out of trouble. <laughs> so which ones do you like best? Uh, definitely uh, fishing and skiing are my two main. And, in fact, that's uh, what we mainly want to talk about today because uh, you uh, have, uh, have been recruited to uh, Nordic Ski and also to fish for a college. Is it in, in New York? Am I right on that? Yes, it is. Yeah, uh, upstate New York on, in the Adirondacks. It'll be uh, it's beautiful up there. So tell me a little bit about the college. So I found out about it through skiing, and I uh, started talking to the admissions counselors and then got in touch with the ski coach, and the admissions counselor was actually good friends with the fishing coach, and I ended up talking to her and telling her that I was really like fishing, and she put me in touch with the fishing coach, and that's how everything kind of just came together. So I, I think you're probably the first Bemidji High School athlete to actually um, you know, be recruited Outside of the Bemidji area for fishing, the BSU guys, uh, you know, they they know who who the good anglers are here in the Bemidji area. But th- you're the first one to to head out of town to do that. It was I was very fortunate. It was it kind of all just happened. So tell me about this college. You say upstate New York, which uh, my understanding is a very beautiful area. Uh, did did it remind you of our area? Is it a little different? What 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 were you thinking? Almost identical to Bemidji, just a lot more rivers, a lot more hit, a lot lot hillier there. 
but the campus is right on a lake. It's smaller campus, 800 students, I believe, and it's on 14,000 acres. Yeah, it sounds like somebody who loves the outdoors would like that college a lot. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your time on the Lumberjack uh, uh, fishing team. How long have you been involved? Um, I believe this will be my third year. I, I started uh, the first year they started it up, and I've been on it ever since. And I've enjoyed every summer, learned so much from so many different people, and it's just been a great experience. Had you been into bass angling before you got involved in competitive fishing? No, not at all. I was I started out as just, you know, fishing on the weekends just for fun and then my buddy was like, Hey, you wanna fish some tournaments, you know, join the high school team and then we started doing that and then we started doing the derbies Wednesday night for the, for the college and everything just kinda of took off and I started to really enjoy it, learn from people and it was doing great. Wow. Um, so now you're uh, you got one. Do we have a summer season for Bemidji High School? That's that's when we we do the high school season is through the summer, right? Yes, yes, and yes, we do. So that's uh, yet to start, correct? Yeah, the first tournament is. Uh, I think it's just coming up. Me and my partner are. I don't think we're fishing that one, unfortunately. Okay. Well, uh, it sounds like it's a pretty awesome thing. Um, did you talk much with the fishing coach? Uh, I'm assuming they've got a pretty good bass bite out there too. Yeah, um, I have not looked into it too much. I know I've got to start doing that here soon. My first tournament out there will actually be on the St. Lawrence River. Wow. It's a pretty well-known river, a pretty legendary river. In fact, I know there's been some Bassmaster tournaments out there, so um, it's just not going to be a matter of finding bass. It's going to be a matter of finding the right bass, as it is with most tournaments. Yes, yes. And then it's a pretty big competition out there. I mean, some of the uh, schools they go up against is uh, Penn State, Ohio State, uh, Virginia Tech, and Auburn. So it's a pretty big out there so obviously with trap shooting and um with uh, track and cross country and nordic skiing and tennis pretty much everything you do is outdoors you'd like being outdoors oh absolutely i spend 99 percent of my time outside what is it about the outdoors that appeals to you there's, there's always something new it doesn't matter where you're going if you're going in the woods if you're on the lake you know if you're going for a run there's just always something new to find or an explore that's a fact, and, and of course, Nordic skiing uh, gets you into the uh, heart of the woods and some of these, uh, you know, mobile maze and things like that. It can be a very quiet experience, too, if you're looking to get away from it all. Yes, absolutely. Is this something that you learned from your youth? Were your parents into the outdoors like that as well? Yeah, my, my parents were pretty big into it. I remember skiing when I was like three with the old three pinners, and that's when I pretty much started and I didn't really start fishing until until about then either, and that's kind of been something I've just continued on as I've gotten older. All right. Well, this is going to be exciting. So you've got a, a few tournaments this summer with the Lumberjacks, and then about what time of year will you be heading out east? Um, August 20th is when I go out there, and I think my first tournament is right on the August 28th. And you'll be doing that, and then all of a sudden it's time to ski. Yeah. So that'll yes. <laughs> you know, you you got to take a class or two in there, too. I gotta, yeah, I gotta find time for that too. <laughs> uh, any idea what you might be studying when you go to college? Conservation management. I'm assuming that that school has uh, is pretty well known, probably for some outdoor type career opportunities. Yeah, it's, it's mostly based outside, and the way that they run their classes, it's they have labs, two labs every week, and that are outside for like three or four hours, and that's that's all you do that day. That sounds pretty awesome. Well, Logan, I thank you for taking time and, and sharing with us your, your journey and your adventure. We'll look forward to seeing how you do on that team. In the meantime, 
Uh, you know, we don't usually talk tennis on, on Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, but uh, since you're on your way to take on Becker, um, wh- what do you think? What are the odds for the Lumberjacks? How do you feel about your team and, and, and your double stand-up? I, I know we're motivated right now. Becker has won, been section champ a couple of years running, so hopefully we can go down and uh, show them where, tell them where Bemidji's at. So hopefully we can do well. You've, you've played pretty well this year. You've been uh, with your doubles partner, Michael Dickinson, uh, most of the year. What do you like about doubles? More challenging. You always got that person at the net you're trying to watch, and you know, but you got a teammate that's going to back you up when you hit a back, bad shot. How long have you played with Michael? Me and Michael's first year that we've been uh, put together. Oh, really? Well, you obviously have done pretty well. Hey, yeah. Because uh, tomorrow you'll be back uh, down, you'll be over at Sartell tomorrow for the uh, individual doubles portion, and that's some good competition there. Yeah, that'll be that'll be good. It'll be interesting to see how our bracket is for that. Well, listen, good luck to you, Logan, and uh, thanks for taking the time. Uh, congratulations on an outstanding career at the Bemidji High School, and best of luck when you head east. Awesome. Thank you very much. If you're mad for the muscalunge, your time is coming. The opener is Saturday. Isaiah Hahn is up. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. <laughs> Isaiah, welcome back to the show. Good to have you back. Hey, exciting. It's a great time of year. Great to be back. Well, before we went on the air, yeah, you told me how excited you are. You're counting down the hours. Oh, we are getting close. This is an exciting time. Obviously, the tradition of the Minnesota fishing opener when it comes to the walleye and pike season. But for, for our musky anglers out there like myself, this is this is a pretty exciting time of the year when it comes up to uh the eve of the musky opener so we're excited okay yeah you had it down to 60 something hours so you are yeah, ready I think we're, we're getting there we're less than 60 hours here uh, getting pretty close to it so we're pretty excited to say the least all right well we're going to get into all of that in a moment but uh just uh curious because uh, you told me you were from southern minnesota area um, how did you find your way up to northern Minnesota and into muskie fishing? Because there's not a lot of muskie fishing down where you're from. Right. You know, there there isn't a lot of opportunities uh, for muskies specifically in southern Minnesota. There are a few lakes, and obviously there's also Iowa that has a few muskie waters as well that we've been on. But uh, I, I made my way up north because my love for fishing, I really got into the a lot of the local bass leagues here in southern Minnesota, and um, obviously I knew when I graduated from high school I wanted to be somewhere where I had lots of opportunities to do lots of fishing, and obviously Bemidji and Bemidji State University provided that, and uh, um, I didn't make it much farther south uh, from Bemidji after I graduated from Bemidji State University um, as I reside in Park Rapids, Minnesota now. So that's, uh, that's kind of how I made my way up uh, to the north country. You went to Bemidji State. So many people. That's the story I hear from so many people, people whether they were, you know, recruited to um, play football or whatever they might have been recruited for. It was that additional thing, that, that love of the outdoors that made them choose Bemidji State over maybe another college. Uh, it sounds like that was your call, too. You, you said it. It's exactly what it was. And to be honest with you, I originally went to Bemidji State University uh, to um, uh, to major in aquatic biology because I wanted to be and work for the fisheries division with the Department of Natural Resources. And I loved it. It was a great experience. Uh, I enjoyed my first beginning classes, even as a freshman and sophomore. But then as I went more through it, I'm just so much of a people person. Obviously, I'm a teacher. So I knew kind of moving from um, that aquatic biology realm over to um, 
uh, public education was just kind of my calling. Um, and it, it all worked out in the end because now I get to work with kids, which I absolutely have a passion for. And then in my summer months, I get to guide. And it's, it's, um, it's a whirlwind. I absolutely love it. So everything worked out kind of as, they, as it should, as they say. So Yeah, and one of my favorite things uh, every spring on Facebook is to see the pictures you post. Speaking of kids and fishing, combining them together, you have a, a special trip you do with some kids in the Monaga School District every year. Yeah, I'm part of the Monaga School District. I've been there since 2009. And uh, we have a really, really awesome uh, special Olympics program that um, I am the director of and the coordinator of. And part of the Monaga Special Olympics program, I always put on an ice fishing trip and a spring open water fishing trip for these kids each and every year. And it's by far my favorite thing I look forward to every single year uh, to put it on for these kids because just like anybody else, these kids have a passion for the outdoors and an opportunity to go fishing. It's, there's just nothing better than to see their smile. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. Well, how did you get into the guiding? Yeah, you know, um, I the summer months obviously just opened up so many things for me as being a teacher and everything, and I just love to fish, love to fish. And I had another local guide here in the Park Rapids area who is often on your program quite often. We all know him and love him, and that's Jason Durham. And um, he he knew I love muskies, and I absolutely just – I love to fish for everything that swims, but I kind of live and breathe muskies. And um, he had – some musky opportunities for me for some clients and he's like man if i have some other trips i really want can you take these guys um for some musky guided trips and i said yeah let's do it so i think ever since then it just kind of took off or i just kind of got into the guiding thing and and i love to work with people especially kids and then also you add the fishing portion to it whether it's going for walleyes or bass or in my case muskies it's just a passion I have, and it's fun working with people, and it's even better when you can do it while you're fishing. So I've spent the uh, first few weeks uh, guiding people for walleye and bass and different things like that. Uh, now, I'm assuming you'll continue to do some of those trips as well, but uh, I'm guessing you have a lot of musky trips booked. Yeah, we, you know, uh, we guide for everything that swims. You name it, we do it. But, yeah, um, in fact, even... I try to keep opener open for myself and a couple other buddies that I have. Um, but then after that, starting even this Sunday, coming up June 6th, uh, we're, 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 we're going to be busy, uh, to say the least. And we'll be mostly doing musky trips here uh, in the early part of June. I know I have some more walleye and bass trips coming here at the later months of June. And then when it gets into July and August and September and even in October, um, we uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of musky trips. And I love it. Like I said, I like to fish for everything that swims, but I... I just have a true passion for muskies. It's just something about them that makes it uh, so much fun. It's a fun challenge, and they're just fun to fish for. you got to be a little more patient than me to go after muskies, though. <laughs> well, I, it, it does. But I tell you what, Kev, there is nothing like seeing that the biggest predator fish come up at your bait, you know, right by boat side, in the figure eight. There's, there's just nothing like that. So um, it, I think that's kind of how I got hooked. So, yes. By all means, it does take patience. But uh, once you get hooked, you know, it's kind of like that buck fever, as they say. And in this case, it's just musky fever. So. Well, certainly there are guys that specialize on uh, musky fishing over in Leech Lake and, and in the Bemidji uh, Cass Lake area. You know, Kevin Cochran's a guy we have on the show quite a bit as well. But man trap has really developed, and those muskies have really come of age in the last five years or so. And that has become a really nice piece of water for musky anglers. And so for a guy down in your area to specialize in muskie, it's kind of the right time. 
It is truly. I, you know, I'm on Man Trap, big Man Trap Lake in the Park Rapids area a lot. I'm on that lake a lot. It's one of my favorites, and it's just an awesome fishery for muskies. They are really kicking out some really nice ice fish, and there's also plenty of good numbers. So you, you know, you might not always put one in the boat, of course, but you're generally going to have some action. You're going to see some follow-ups, and you're going to have some good musky action. So it's been an awesome fishery. You know, it's been an awesome fishery for many years, but it's really coming into its own. In fact, um, part of the uh, tournament um, in the first or second week in September, you know, uh, they had uh, some awesome fish caught there last September. So it's, 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 an awesome fishery with uh with a lot of nice sized muskies also with good numbers so yeah it's a lot of fun another little i guess a lesser known lake it's not completely unknown but a lesser known lake that has a lot of muskies in your neck of the woods is elk lake in uh, itasca state park yeah to be honest with you those are probably the lakes i fish the most you got you got obviously big man trap which is right in the park rapids um area right in its uh, back door uh, but then, of course, you got Elk Lake in the state park, which is another awesome musky fishery. You know, pretty small size body of water, but a, still a really great musky fishery. So those two are really the ones um, I probably fish the most. I also, of course, make my way over to Leech Lake quite a bit. also make my way over west to um, the Detroit Lakes area quite a bit. And then, you know, not to forget, obviously, um, Plantain Jeanette, which is actually in Hubbard County, but obviously a lot closer to the city of Bemidji, another great body of water. Um, so we have a, a pretty good array of musky opportunities just in the Park Rapids area within, you know, 30, uh, 35 minutes from us. So it, it's, it makes it for some fun opportunities, that's for sure. Well, it's always guesswork to some degree, but boy, it, all of a sudden we're going to hit a couple days of 90 plus degrees on the weekend, uh, which is going to feel more like, you know, <laughs> mid to late July than, than the opening of musky fishing. Do you think that's going to affect uh, the way the fish are behaving? Oh yeah, that I, I think that'll make a, a quite a major difference. Actually, we we got quite the heat wave coming up here this weekend for the musky opener, and and generally, you know, if we start talking specifics, you're going to find them in, in pretty much just two locations. You're either going to find them up super shallow, still recovering from the spawn, um, and that's kind of the most common area to find them, um, even on opener. But with these warmer water temperatures, you're going to see a lot of these muskies start uh, maybe recuperating from their spawn a little bit sooner with these warmer temperatures and moving out to the deepest basins of the lake over 30 40 50 60 even 70 80 feet of water now they're not down that deep they're just over those deep basins and and what they're doing is they're gorging on whitefish and um, tulipy often known as ciscos here in minnesota so you're going to be able to find them in one or two locations up super shallow on structure or out in those big deep basins over over that deep water we're gonna have to take some precautions ourselves <laughs> bring sunscreen bring tons of water uh and maybe fish early man it feels like it's we're just getting this giant heat wave you said it originally it's gonna feel like some water temperatures or some even air temperatures that we would normally get in mid-july to the beginning of august so it's going to be warm. You're definitely going to want to protect yourself. Make sure you have a hat on and that sunscreen. And uh, those morning and evening hours are, are going to be pretty key. Uh, but uh, obviously, as 
as musky anglers, we like to uh, be on the water as much as we can because the more cast you put in or the more time on the water you put in, the better chance you have of, of putting the fish in the boat. So, yeah, you're definitely going to want to protect yourself with the heat that's coming up this weekend, that's for sure. So what's the first thing you're going to try to do opening weekend? Yeah, so I, I think the biggest thing is is really knowing and trusting your electronics. You know, um, we'll be uh, up, to be honest, we could even put even up to an hour of literally just trolling the basins or uh, the brake lines to see if we can't find bait fish. Because often if we can find these white fish and uh, the ciscos, often known as tulabies, uh, we're going to be able to to put our uh, to put have a better chance of putting muskies in the boat. So it really comes down to um, just kind of a search and destroy almost. You got to find bait fish, and if you're able to find bait fish, you have a lot better chance of finding and, and getting muskies in the boat. Now, if they're not out in those deep basins quite yet, then we'll move up shallow and we'll start casting some some smaller baits. You don't really want to use those giant baits quite yet, at least on the structure. So smaller bucktails, uh, smaller jerk baits, and another thing that often goes kind of unrecognized is crankbaits casting and kind of, of uh, ripping those crankbaits back with a, a stop and pause method can really be effective for early musky fishing especially up in the shallows or up on the structure so your smaller crankbaits your smaller bucktails work really good when you're just when you're structure fishing up in those shallow waters it's always interesting to talk to people who who really get into a, a specific kind of fishing they they know uh, so much more about it than than I do, or um, you know people who don't partake in that. And for me, when it comes to musky fishing, I'm just really curious. You know, to get into it, what does it require of a person? What kind of investment are we looking at here? Right. I was just gonna say it requires lots of uh, dollar signs. <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm joking. I mean, yes, it does cost just like any other. Thing that you get into, whether it's bow hunting or whether it's rifle hunting or any fishing or other outdoor adventures, um, uh, it, it does obviously cost a little bit. But I think the biggest thing is just to have a passion for it. And once you have a passion for it, then then the sky's the limit. But you know, you don't need a giant uh, 20 foot, 21 foot fiberglass boat. That's not necessary. You know, we have a lot of smaller bodies of water, for example, like Elk Lake in the state park, where you don't need a big boat in order to cover a lot of water out there, or even man trap. You got a lot of those um, backwater bays and smaller water areas where you can fish a lot of the lake in, in a smaller boat. I do, you know, as a musky guide and as a musky angler, I am pretty key on my electronics, though. So, you know, they're a major part and a major tool that we use to help put more fish in the boat, whether it's using our um, Helix Hummingbirds as far as side imaging goes and stuff. That really does help. Um, so electronics are key for me as an angler. Uh, but when it comes to a boat, you know, you don't need anything out of this world in order to put fish in the boat. And that comes for any fish, including muskies. So it does take a little bit of an investment, but more than anything, it just takes a passion. And once you have the passion, the sky's the limit. So where does one do the research to find out they're getting the stuff they need and doing it the right way? Right, right. You know, it, the best thing about um, uh, the time and place that we live in is, uh, is YouTube. It's, there are so many ways you can learn um, from, you know, not only YouTube, but other social media outlets. You know, they have 
um, a lot of things on social media, let's say Facebook, for example, where they have musky tricks and tips. Um, there's all kinds of other things you can follow or join. And if you do a lot of reading and a lot of research, whether it's you know on social media or YouTube, etc., there's a lot of information out there. And yeah, not all of it is great, but a lot of it is really, really good that provides any angler with lots of great information, whether it's how to use your electronics or what, uh, what baits work best, for what weather conditions, et cetera, or water temperatures. So there's, there's tons of information out there. It's just a matter of, you know, breaking it down and really doing lots of reading and lots of research. And, again, the more passion you have for it, the more you'll get into it. And that's kind of what's happened to me where it's just it's something I'm, I'm living and breathing all the time, um, and especially in those summer months, June, July, and August when I'm guiding and I'm not in my teaching realm or my teaching season, um, that's all I think about. So it's, <laughs> it's what I love to do and it's what I have a passion for, and it just makes it so much fun. I'm kind of to the age, and I've done this show long enough, I'm, I'm kind of at the age where I'm proud of the ability to have put this show on for so long. At the same time, it makes me feel really, really old. So it's kind of a mixed <laughs> blessing. I do remember back in the early days, and, and of course I'd really knew nothing about fishing then and uh, fortunately I found some smart people who could be on the air with me but you know you never talked about muskies very seldom maybe once or twice a year at all and never this early in the season and it was always well there you don't get muskies until after the fourth of July that has changed Uh, education of the anglers quality of equipment you mentioned electronics um, just better engineered stuff uh, has changed that and you know, from the opener on, you hear musky reports on a very regular basis. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's and that's a little bit of an example of social media. That's also an example of YouTube. Also the example of the resources that are out there for us to use, including uh, the boats that we have, the electronics that we have. But more than anything, it's, it's also, um, and I hope, also more younger anglers getting into a really awesome sport, whether that's, in this case, musky fishing. You know, the younger you start, the more passion you get, and the more you learn. Obviously, I learn something every single day I'm out in the water, and these thing, these things, I should say, these species, the biggest predator out in freshwater, the musky, is teaching me something every single day. So they often are always keeping me humble, you know what I mean, whether I'm fishing structure open water, whether I'm fishing June or late months into October and November, you know what I mean? But the amount of people that are fishing for these has also gone up, which in, in some cases, to be honest with you, is really good to see. I hope specifically for younger generations, you know what I mean, those people that maybe hadn't experienced it before but are, are really getting into it now. That's really what's going to help us keep a strong fishery hopefully for many years to come because if you have more anglers going for them hopefully we have more opportunities for um you know stocking efforts which are always a little bit of a situation on at least on the musky side of things um in our area so i I think the more education we can give each other and especially the younger generation the better opportunity we have for a great fishery um, in our area for many years to come. Well, before we uh, wrap it up, Isaiah, I know you know uh, you've been out guiding for a few weeks. Uh, many other species as well. What are you seeing in the Park Rapids area right now? 
Yeah, the walleye bite in a lot of our area lakes has been quite good. Um, the, the fish hooks chain, for example, you got Eagle Island, Potato that runs into the fish hook. All those lakes have been producing um, good amounts of walleyes anywhere between that 12 to 18 foot range. And surprisingly, we are already getting um, some walleyes already on crawlers. So don't be afraid to really um, be versatile and have a wide variety of bait selection, whether it's using crawlers, leeches, or um, uh, your, your minnows, your jigging minnow option, obviously. So um, being versatile is really important when it comes to live bait options. And then the smallmouth and largemouth bass bite has just been awesome. We're getting lots of great reports. I've had quite a few smallmouth bass trips, which have been a lot of fun. Now keep in mind that they are just finishing up their spawning ritual, so this is a really super important time to really practice catch and release um, just so we have, you know, the opportunity for great fish populations for many years to come. But the bass bite's been great. The walleye bite has been really solid. And it'll be interesting to see how this all gets affected with this warm weather that we have coming up. To be honest with you, in the Park Rapids area, we have lots of really deep, clear bodies of water. So that could make a difference as far as maybe heating up some of the bites um, as we move forward with some of this warmer weather that we got coming. And maybe some of those smaller, shallower lakes, they might start, you know, being a little bit more of a challenge to find fish where you might have to go to a deeper, clearer body of water to, to find walleyes, for example. So a little bit of everything, but the bite has been good overall. Isaiah Hahn of You Bet Fishing Guide Service loves him some musky. Uh, Isaiah, if people want to book a trip with you to catch musky or anything uh, in the North Country, how do they go about doing that? They can check out my website at youbetfishing.com, or they can check me out on all the social media outlets at You Bet Fishing Guide Services, or simply just give me a call on my cell phone number, which is 218-308-8600. Nine five. Looking forward to it, Kev. It's been awesome. I'm excited, as you can probably hear it in my voice. <laughs> We're only less than a couple days away from musky opener, so I'm super pumped. Have a great and safe weekend out there, anglers, and, and have fun and be safe. Isaiah, thanks for the time, and good luck this weekend. Hey, thank you so much, Kev. Much appreciated. Later in the week, we'll have more musky insight with Kevin Cochran of Kevin Cochran's Musky Guide Service. And we've got Dick Beersley coming in this week as well. Tomorrow's show... Very special day. I sat down and had a long conversation with the commissioner of the DNR a few weeks ago. We will talk about all things outdoors with Sarah Stroman on tomorrow's show. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast for extra bonus content and to be able to listen whenever it's convenient for you. Just subscribe at Podcast One or at the PodMN app, which will also give you access to hundreds of other Minnesota-based podcasts. That's it for today. I'm Kev Jackson. Thank you for being here. Michelle! Bob Bob! Country! Country!